The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. Well, that certainly was a shock. Welcome, everybody, to episode 15 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Best Served Cold. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast across all common listening platforms from A to Z. Today, I will be reviewing NXT TakeOver Vengeance, and it seems that there was a dish served cold. Adam cold, if you will. I will be predicting WWE Elimination Chamber because it is the third week in a row we have a major sporting event, and I'll be going back in time to 2001, February 19th. 2001 to be exact to review monday night raw all that and more with a special announcement at the end of the show and if you've been following us on patreon and twitter you know exactly what i'm talking about let's just say it is limitless stay tuned peeps nxt takeover vengeance day was this past sunday on valentine's day what time is it? It's Valentine's! If you get that reference, uh, you're old and you love uh, Homestar Runner with Teen Girl Squad! Cheerleader! So-and-so! What's your face? And the ugly one! Hey, girls, how are we looking? I'm going to stop right now because this will turn into a strong baddie a podcast right now. I'm sad that I'm flying. Shut up, strong sad. Vengeance Day, NXT TakeOver. Oy. It was quite a good show with another shocking post-credits DIY finish. That wasn't the only shocker of the night. Let me talk to you. Yeah, Eli Drake cuts a promo during the pre-show panel with Sam Roberts... Wade Barrett and some guy from Barstool Sports whose name escapes me. But he says to <laughs> to Sam, you know, get his pubescent voice out of here. And Wade Barrett, hey, at least there's someone here with a little bit of bass in his voice. But Wade, don't think I'm sucking up to you because if you even look at me funny, I will drag your ass out of retirement in order to walk you back into it. <sighs> All right. Uh, that was cool. And his name is now L. A night, and I don't hate that name. I actually love it. It has a great ring to it. It still has the three syllables that that he had. Uh, he's still bringing in the dummies and the yeah in his gimmick. And Eli Drake is just extremely charismatic. He is really talented, and I can't wait to see how he fares in NXT. He puts the champions on notice. Whether you're the North American champion or the world champion. L.A. Knight is here. I I can't wait to see. It's so great to see Drake finally, finally in NXT on a big stage. This man is a star in the making. Hopefully he's going to succeed. Now we have here in the Capitol Wrestling Center, 
Takeover Vengeance Day. Opening the show, we had the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals between the team of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. And while some of this tournament was relegated to uh, 205 Live, I think, or was that the other brackets of the tournament? I can't remember, but I've only watched the brackets that were on NXT itself, and it has put a lot of the women's roster on notice. It's given them a lot of good exposure. And I hope that the that the women's tag titles go for a little journey down to NXT because there's a lot of talent on that roster, especially now that Taya Valkyrie is going to be there. The women's division is huge, but it's also a little bit bloated, you know, like, <clears throat> well, most of the NXT roster. They could do well with an Evolve like show which has been rumored for for some time now but you had a fantastic tag team match here tag team wrestling is not very good on main wwe programming with a few and i mean few exceptions but these tag team matches tonight both dusty cup finals for the men and the women were amazing. Shotzi Blackheart here had a couple of risky spots that if they were just an inch off would have probably broken her neck. Like she goes for like a sliced bread off the top rope and man, if there was just just an inch off right there, that would have been disastrous. She does a crossbody and almost bangs her head off of the announce table. Shotzi, I love you. You're probably my favorite woman on NXT, but for the love of everything holy, please be careful, please. I want you to have a good long career. I want you to have a title. We have Raquel just ending Shotzi by launching her out onto the aisle. There is like a doomsday crossbody to the outside, a spinning TKO knee spot uh, on, on Dakota here for a near fall. There's a lot of great tag team maneuvers here with two teams that are seemingly makeshift with the exception of Kai and Gonzalez because after Dakota Kai turned her back on her former team kick mate Tegan Knox at War Games 2019 she aligned with new signee Raquel Gonzalez who is an absolute beast and had quite the showing at 2020s war games match i thought she would have been the one going for the title here but you know someone else got put in that picture which i'm fine with we can slow burn raquel gonzalez to the top because she man is going to be a huge star i, I love that shotzi and ember moon here came out in the tank together and firing shots and it's a fa fantastic match here raquel and Dakota win after Gonzalez hits the one-armed powerbomb on Shotzi Blackheart. Both ladies cover her for the win here. And Dakota Kai, and she continues to be the MVP of this women's division. I think she will also have a slow burn and maybe a, a title run here somewhere in the future. Maybe take it off of Gonzalez if Gonzalez would be the one to take it from whomever the champion is after the end of this show so now they are also now the number one contenders to the women's 
Tag Team Championship. And I know the current champions are heels, and both of these young ladies are as well. But they can still put on a fantastic match. Or, gosh, maybe Nia's hole and Shayna's mouth guard hot potato the belts to someone else, and then Dakota and Raquel take it off of them. But I also want to see the Women's Tag Team Championship take a little journey down to NXT because I think the women's division down there would benefit for something else to compete over you know like that or god forbid a women's mid-card title the women's television championship but then you'd probably need another tv show to go with that fantastic match you got the pyro you got the confetti regal presenting them with the trophy and and we're off to the races here great great opening match Next up here, Johnny Gargano versus Kushida. Now, the way were on their way to the ring. You know, you had like the whole the classic Goldberg walking to the ring with security spot, but it was the way walking to the ring together in unity. And, and just to the left, you can see off camera Austin Theory get like a pillow put over his mouth and taken off. <laughs> off of camera and taken away uh that was totally dexter loomis i, I could tell i i looked up and thought there goes theory and i uh, no, i i recognize that blonde hair anywhere that was dexter uh, that was just unintentionally hilarious so theory didn't get to accompany his friend to the ring so johnny came out with indy hartwell and his wife candace instead and Kushida coming out here by himself. And holy crap. False finish city was this match. Fantastic. It's it's why Johnny Gargano is Johnny Takeover. Every takeover he puts on a clinic. Whether he's winning, whether he's losing. Whether he's at in your house setting the thermostat to 69, nice, or he's getting his head caved in by Tommaso Ciampa. Ugh. MVP of the men's division is Johnny Gargano. I just said that Dakota Kai was that of the women's, but Gargano is in a league of his own. Throughout this whole match, Kushida is trying to work the arm. Of Gargano to get the arm bar and the hoverboard lock locked in. And Gargano is working the head and neck of Kushida. So this has some great psychology. There is a great sequence where Kushida counters the slingshot spear into a bridging Northern Lights uh, kind of hammerlock suplex. There is so many near falls and so many submission attempts. Kushida takes Johnny up to the top, flips him over into the hoverboard lock, and Johnny clenches the hands to block it, but Kushida breaks the grip. And when it seems Johnny was on the verge of tapping, he rolls through enough to get to the ropes. And Kushida refuses to let go, and the head outside where Johnny drives him into the apron. Kushida Runs down that aisle and hits a kick to the arm. And he is applying the hoverboard lock hanging over, I think, the ring. And Johnny gets to the ropes 
to break it. And then finally, Johnny lands a one final beat on the outside and then inside of the ring to retain. This was some smooth wrestling, amazing counters, nail-biting drama. It took a ton to beat Kushida, but he didn't look weak in defeat. And I have to thank 411mania.com for Kevin's NXT TakeOver review here for the notes that I am reading off of this because I was just watching this on Sunday on the edge of my seat. It was fantastic. The men's Dusty Cup Finals with the grizzled young veterans soon to be recognized as Dusty Cup champions versus the newcomers, formerly known as the Rascals, M.S.K. Another banger of a tag team match on on an NXT TakeOver. This is DIY versus Revival levels of good. To me, this is that new feud. And we're going to get to a DIY moment at the end of the show. But MSK, ho- holy crap. Like, I didn't see too much of these lads in, in Impact, but I've been a big fan of the Grizzled Young Veterans since I saw them on, on NXT UK. Especially Zach Gibson. One of the best heels I've seen. Hey, if you love Zach Gibson, shoes off. Liverpool's number one son. Uh, Carter and Lee, uh, these two lads, they are just flipping and flying over the ring. A bunch of other fantastic tag team maneuvers, including a helter-skelter and 450 combo by GYV, Wesley avoids a doomsday device with a victory roll. The pin is broken. The ticket to mayhem is cut off. Lee shoves Carter's standing shooting star press over Dragon onto Gibson. That amazing pushing spot. A poison Rana. Every time I see that move, I both cringe and mark out. Carter hits a swanton. swanton. Lee hits a spiral tap channeling the young AJ Styles. A little bit of old-school X-Division action here. And Wes Lee gets absolutely annihilated by a tope doomsday device to the outside. Back in the day, the doomsday device was like the ultimate like finishing move, like the ultimate fatality in Mortal Kombat. Once... Animal lift you, lifted you up on your shoulders and hawk hit that clothesline. You were toast. God rest their souls. I'm so, so sad that both of the Road Warriors are no longer with us. But man, they're they're up there giving the Doomsday Device to Eddie Guerrero right now, and he is selling it like <laughs> like hotcakes. And finally, MSK hits that springboard blockbuster heart attack to finish it, and they did. A little bit of a variation of it where instead of a typical running heart attack blockbuster, uh, they did like a backflip into the blockbuster move. Man, I uh, this was according back onto their 411mania.com review. Uh, I didn't see this tweet, but there was someone on Twitter 
that said that GIV are the are who people thought the revival was, and that's not far off because GIV works that te- technical style. MSK pulling out the aerial and hard hitting and technical action on their own, and they capped off a fantastic run, a debut run in the company. Just perfectly. It was spectacular. This is a feud I would love to see over the Tag Team Championship. Now that MSK are number one contenders to the men's Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. And I can just imagine the banger that these four lads will put on. Hey, throw in GYV and maybe suspend the titles over the ring in a ladder match and we can get a replica of that amazing NXT UK tag team ladder match we had between GYV, South Wales Subculture, and uh, Gallus. Was there another team in there? No, I think it was just those three and that was, man, that was like TLC WrestleMania 2001 levels of holy crap. And now the triple threat match for the women's championship. Io Shirai defending against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Tony, my goodness, absolutely gorgeous. Fantastic to see her on this side of the pond. You know, after dominating the UK women's title scene, being the inaugural UK women's tag team champion. Man, she has a fantastic future and is still very young. And these three ladies put on a fantastic match. I was a little disappointed in the outcome, but that's if that's my only complaint about this match, then they're doing something right. The women's division in NXT is one of the best in the entirety of wrestling. Like, Martinez hits a twisting DDT of sorts, pulls Tony to the outside. Io misses an acai moonsault, hits the barricade before Martinez launches her over it. And, you know, Martinez hits a trio of suplexes cut off by Io by a missile dropkick. Tony cuts off her Meteora with a boss man slam. Oh, man. If you've ever been to Cobb County, Georgia, respect the law and order, he'll be serving hard time after that. Martina hits Tony with a gorgeous spider German suplex from the top. Uh, Tree of Woe, diving double stop. Martinez lands that fisherman DDT. Uh, Tony, Tony kicks out after a Kemagoye which I believe is a knee, which I also believe is the golden lover, the golden boy himself, Koto Ibushi's uh, finisher in Japan. We see a Storm Zero, and Tony adds a diving headbutt from the top rope, but just as that move is being covered, Io comes out of nowhere, out of camera range, to break up the pin with a moonsault, pinning Mercedes... Mercedes, good lord, (laughs) to retain the title. There was a lot of triple threat tropes in this match. 
couple of awkward spots. But it was still fantastic. I want to see Tony have that standout match. She's had some good ones. But I want to see something between just her and Io. Because I think they can put on some magic. And we see L.A. Knight being signed here in a little bit of a segment here. NXT Championship, Finn Balor defending against the bruiserweight, Pete Dunne. They stare down each other and go into an intense exchange of mat work. Jockeying for position. Submissions everywhere. Uh, Pete Dunne continuously with the joint manipulation and stomping on the fingers and breaking the fingers, which would prevent... You know, Finn Balor from properly locking in that uh, octopus stretch lock that tapped out Kyle O'Reilly, which would prevent him from properly connecting with a 1916, despite the fact that the 1916 is used to pin Pete Dunne to retain the championship. But man, bitter end kick out. Pete Dunne continues. To break the submissions here by snapping the fingers. Finn fires off with forearms. You know, there's a, there's the bitter end kickout spot I just talked about. Dunn stomps on both of his hands twice. Soccer kicking Finn right in the head. Finn counters a powerbomb into a DDT. The John Woo kick is cut off by an Enzigiri. Finn hits the Pele kick. Dunn bounces off the ropes with a kick. Finn counters the bitter end into a 1916. They're both down. And then Pete Dunn is clinging to Finn's fingers in order to snap them, to give them the Thanos snap, if you will. Finn still fights back. And then he rips out the mouthpiece of Pete Dunn, throws it out of the ring, creams him in the face with a dropkick, coup de gras. Finn doesn't cover in time because selling the injuries. And then he throws in a 1916 for good measure on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and Finn retains. Big match Finn delivers again. I mean, we don't know what his character is right now. He is somewhere on the verge of babyface or heel. But still an absolute banger i thought i would see pat mcafee come out here with some shenanigans to cost finn the title and give it to the bruiserweight but dunn's time is coming it's coming soon this was a technical master class and a brutal war classic british strong style wrestling post-match finn's celebration is cut off by birch and lorican attacking him they get back into the ring to beat on him. Undisputed Era music hits and they clear the ring. The, the Brit Ambrawlers and Dunn escape to the stage and Kyle checks on Finn and they, once again, they lock eyes. They have a stare down. There is history there and there is still more to do with them. Kyle helps them up. They shake hands. They all get in line. And it looks like we're going to throw up the undisputed sign. 
all three lads throw up the sign. And you think that Finn's going to do the finger guns here, but he can't really clinch his fingers. It's like he's got uh, uh, what groundskeeper Willie had. It's like, look at my fingers. I got crippling arthritis from Space Invaders in 1977. <laughs> and uh, But then, boom, Adam Cole super kicks Balor. Kyle is mad, gets an Adam face like, what the hell are you doing? And Roddy tries to calm things down. It's around here we see, you know, the credits. We're thinking, okay, this is over until it's not. Boom. Cole super kicks Kyle O'Reilly. And it seems that Undisputed is no more. Roddy is uh, stuck in the middle with you. Just looking on from between his fallen friend and his, the one that is walking away. This is the new DIY credits moment. This is the new DIY feud. And if anyone listening to this remembers the feud between Adam Cole Bebe and Kyle O'Reilly for the Ring of Honor Championship back in, I think, like 2015, 2016, you're in for a treat. Their street fight at, I believe it was at a final battle, final battle 2015. Someone uh, hit me up and correct me if, if I'm wrong there. But if we get some of that in NXT, then, oh man, I'm just rubbing my hands in excitement, licking my chops, thinking we're going to get some bangers here. But also tears because... One of my favorite groups in wrestling history. It seems that they're at an impasse. If they're not broken up, they're having their Captain America, Iron Man, their Civil War, their Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 for the Xbox 360, pro-registration, anti-registration. If you get that reference, I'll freaking buy you a Fretzelmania sticker. That is undisputed and one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> wow. They got us. NXT, they they got us again. Just when you think it's over and the credits are rolling, you got to stay in your seat and watch out for Thanos to grab the Infinity Gauntlet and say, fine, I'll do this myself. And holy crap. I just realized, again, in the 25 minutes that I've been talking here, that Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. And I'm going to pull up the card here quickly and predict the matches that we have so far as of Tuesday, February the 16th. We were supposed to have the Raw Women's Championship match between Asuka and Lacey Evans. However, Lacey Evans announced last night on Raw that she is pregnant and it seems that in kayfabe that Ric Flair is the sugar daddy. However, Lacey Evans is actually pregnant. IRL for shoot, not kayfabe. And I just want to say congratulate you, <laughs> Lacey, you nasty. And, you know, all the best for real. So we have an opening in this match. And I can only think of one person who might be in it. And that could be Charlotte. And maybe we'll get that feud at WrestleMania again. 
Like, I thought we were going to have Charlotte versus Lacey for the title at Mania because of this very match. However, some plans change. And whoever Asuka faces, I am going to predict that it's actually going to be Charlotte. And Charlotte will win here. And then Asuka will get her title back at Mania and get her WrestleMania victory over Charlotte back. You know, from previous years where Charlotte broke Asuka's streak and it broke the internet. United States Championship match between Bobby Lashley, Riddle, and Keith Lee. Now, I expect Bobby to retain here and eventually drop the title to Keith Lee, maybe at WrestleMania. I would have picked Riddle in any other universe at any other time, but I'm just doing it to spite Riddle. I've kind of grown out of him recently. Uh, some of his promos are funny. Some of his things are really awkward. Like he was asking the Lucha House Party who their favorite president is because yesterday... Oh, right. Yesterday was President's Day. Or here in Canada, Family Day. Yes, that's a real thing. That's a real stat holiday that I got time and a half for working. So I'll, I'll do that. And I'll work every holiday, by the way. I don't mind at all. Elimination Chamber match for the number one contendership to the Universal title. Who will have their title shot that very night? So I expect this to open the show. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso versus King Corbin versus Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Now, I'm just going to throw a pin in the dartboard here and just, because of the way that he's been booked lately, I'm actually picking Cesaro to win the match here and get a shot with Roman Reigns. I, I don't think Cesaro is getting the title yet, you know, Allegedly, he just re-signed, so that maybe has, you know, something in his future. Maybe by the end of the year, I'll say he is either Universal or Intercontinental Champion. And, yeah, Roman Reigns decimates him. And that is the Universal Championship match. And then in a WWE Championship match on the Raw side of things, featuring several former WWE Champions. I apologize for the sounds that my stomach is making. I just put food in it and it is still hungry. If you can hear any of that. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Jeff Hardy versus Kofi Kingston, who replaces The Miz. I'll get to that in a second. Versus Randy Orton versus AJ Styles versus Sheamus, who gets to enter last. Now, I expect Randy Orton to be mysteriously taken out of this match maybe he's in the pod and it counts down to him and the spotlight goes to him and then you just see a trap door underneath the pod he just pops right out of it you see smoke billow out you hear the fiend laughing because alexa um Sat in the middle of a pentagram, don't do that, kids, <laughs> and uh, summoned demons or something <laughs> to make the fiend reborn, to reincarnate the fiend. Uh, again, don't fuck with spirits, kids. <laughs> but it was some entertaining 
B B level horror movie stuff here. It's it's great. We're gonna see something crazy at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre is gonna retain here. I mean, there's there's no way that Drew doesn't retain here. However, the Miz, he is the game changer. No pun intended, Nate, of this whole deal. Last night on Raw, he vacated his own spot in the match because he's the Money in the Bank champion. He plans to do something. It's like a couple of weeks ago, Edge, doing the whole self-aware thing, is like, why are you telling me that you're going to cash in on me? You're stupid. Like, Miz, dummy. Yeah, dummy. Yeah. It's supposed to be a surprise, which is why I don't think he is cashing in at Elimination Chamber. My theory is still, whoever wins the championship match, at least on Drew McIntyre's side of things, at WrestleMania, is going to get Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah, there it is. Cut that, and it's in. He's going he's gonna to get that moment, the heist of the century. The Miz won't have anything to do here unless he cashes in and fails. You know, we haven't seen the failed cash-in since, oh wait, never mind, Baron Carbon, what, maybe three, four years ago? But yeah, that that is what we have so far. I don't think we're going to get anything more unless we get something with the women's tag team championship or either raw and smackdown's tag team championships you know the hurt business can put on a match with someone in the pre-show but we haven't seen anything built up to that on raw i mean we saw them decimate the uh, the lucha house party but i don't think they're going to get another shot on pay-per-view just throw in the tag teams in the chamber like you did last year because that was an absolute classic I've gone on for far too long here. Part two will be after the break here where I talk about Monday Night Raw from February 19th, 2001. So join me in the PS2-powered DeLorean as we go back in time. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. Yo, you dealing with the Frets Factor. (laughs) That is so bad, I am leaving that in. Welcome back to the Fretzelmania Podcast episode. Best served cold i'm mr frets and this section of the podcast is brought to you by our patreon patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio five bucks a month gets you exclusive shows such as frets's fave five the 20 bell salute my monthly 20 year look back on wrestling and pop culture this month on the 28th will be no way out and a whole bunch of memorable movies and one of my favorite video game franchises of all time drops a new game what is it you're gonna have to subscribe and find out you also get the secret files with mr ylp himself you got a video version of the kings of the rings podcast this week and so much more hey on top of that you get a group chat with some awesome people like Kavita, like Quarantine Gene, and all of us on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Also, our merch on Teespring, which I believe is now just called Spring. 
it's out there. Look it up uh, and get t-shirts and hoodies and face masks and all that kind of stuff from all of us at Wrestle Addict Radio. That's the Fretzelmania Collection, the YLP Collection, the Delight Show Collection, and the KOTR Podcast Collection, which has stuff for Willie T, King Ricky Rose, and the Queen Bee themselves, K. Murphy, the KK Slider of our island. Now, on to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, February 19th, 2001, from St. Louis, Missouri. And I imagine that a young Randy Orton would have likely been in the audience for this. He might have been in developmental at this point in time. We are on the road to No Way Out this coming Sunday in the timeline. The 28th will have the No Way Out review. Only on Patreon, folks. So if you want to hear my thoughts on No Way Out and some movies that came out in February 2001, you're just going to have to cough up the five bones and and listen to that. There is a SmackDown recap with a classic rivalry being renewed. A match between Triple H and The Rock with Stone Cold Steve Austin on commentary. A reminder here that if Stone Cold and Triple H get physical before their match at No Way Out, Stone Cold loses his title opportunity at WrestleMania X7 and Triple H is suspended for six months. Will they get physical? Who knows? There is a bunch of plunder here and a schmoz, uh, a rock bottom on Triple H, and Steve Austin locks the crossface on... I mean, no, Benoit locks the crossface on Stone Cold Steve Austin. A sneak preview of a few that we would get just three months later so now we are here st louis missouri the home of the st louis blues we see a preview of the night's main event stone cold steve austin and the rock against chris benoit and kurt angle hey that's a wrestlemania x7 preview match because because of course these four lads had their respective matches at x7 and they were both bangers the opening contest the Undertaker versus Devon Dudley versus Christian in a No Way Out preview match as these three teams will be facing off for the Tag Team Championship. And it is noted here that only Edge came out with his teammate, but to be on commentary because everyone was barred from ringside for reasons. And Edge, uh, for those of you in Canada, maybe specifically Southern Ontario, Slack, You'll know who this person is. Uh, Edge was on Tim and Sid, uh, Sportsnet's uh, basically the Canada version of Stephen A. Smith. And uh, he had a little jab at YouTuber slash Sportsnet personality Steve Dangle. Uh, because Steve Dangle is known for doing Leaf fan reactions after every Toronto Maple Leafs game. Uh, they will be facing the Ottawa Senators at night I'm recording this. Yeah, I recorded the second part on 
Wednesday night because time. But you're not going to... Crap, you're going to know this because I, <laughs> I just said it. So both of these lads are giant Toronto Maple Leafs fans, as am I, being from uh, Southern Ontario. So they had a bit of a, a chirp off on Twitter and on Tim and Sid. And then finally, uh, Edge came on Steve Dangle's podcast with Jesse Blake and Adam Wilde. Uh, you don't have to be a Leafs fan to really appreciate this podcast because it covers the whole spectrum of hockey. And even in the off season, they'll do, Oh, is it the bachelor? They'll, they'll play the bachelor. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, bios, bios. Holy crap. That took me way too long to get. Yeah. Bachelor bios and kind of pick those things. They're, they're an entertaining bunch. So, they were referencing the movie Goon, a movie poster I have to the left of me here in my room, and and all that stuff. It was, it was a good time, and you know Edge is uh, ten years older than I am, so he has the benefit of being a Leafs fan in the seventies. Oh wait, that's not a benefit because that is when they started to poop the bed pretty bad. Harold Balladiers. and I just sent shivers up any Leaf fans that are my age and older. With that one. Anyways, I wanted to give a quick <laughs> plug to the Steve Dangle podcast and Edge. It was some thoroughly entertaining stuff. Dangle even cut like a WWE promo on Edge from his his basement, which was full of Leaf stuff on his wall behind him. Going from doing it in his childhood bedroom in Toronto to doing it in his uh, basement with his... Uh, you know, his wife and his kid, you know, they don't make that many cameo appearances on there. But anyways, Steve Dangle on Edge. Uh, we have a thing here where Edge was saying, yeah, at family reunions, we uh, we play hockey, <laughs> not put people through tables. Uh, that's true. Sometimes we'll break out in a game of shinny if we're about 12 beers deep at a, at a Fretz family reunion. Why not? And there is an Edge distraction spot. Uh, Christian hits a low blow. Devon gets choke slammed. Christian gets last rided for the win, and Edge gets choke slammed out of his boots for good measure. Backstage, Triple H and Steph are waiting in the parking lot, and Steph says stuff like, "You know that she's the dominant female in the WWE." Oh yeah, wasn't the women's division <laughs> cutting her image? <laughs> oh boy, uh, Edge and Christian. Say they're going to get a plan B. Next up, we have Lita versus Dean Malenko. And Lita's music is brought to you by WWF The Music Volume 5. Available now at CD stores everywhere. Ah, man. Remember HMV? Sam the Record Man? Uh, Canadians, that might have been for you. Uh, Americans, I don't know what your equivalent would be. FYE, maybe? (laughs) We then see a montage of Dean basically sexually assaulting Lita to the tune of Dean Malenko's James Bond-esque music. And I saw here that Dean didn't come out with the light heavyweight championship despite still being the champion. I mean, he would lose it on an episode of Sunday Night Heat Heat to Crash Holly, I think, just before WrestleMania. So it was odd there. And it was even more odd that it wasn't for the title. It would have been kind of cool. And, uh... Yeah, there is a ref bump here. Matt Hardy comes in and brains 
Dean Malenko with the chair. Lita wins. And then they, they have a little hug to celebrate. Matt gets a little uh, little frisky. Gives Lita an uh, innocent little kiss here. And Lita is kind of shocked, even though IRL. They had already been a couple for some time. And Matt's just like, oh, oh, geez. Oh, that was awkward. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, classic dude move when, you know, we uh, we go a little t- when we go a little too far, not in that way, but when we try something we shouldn't have gone, and we're just like, oh man, I'm so stupid. I'm getting out of here. And then he bolts. Lita chases him, catches up to him, is like, hey, you know, it's okay. And then boom, tonsil hockey. We have the new power couple in the WWE. One of my favorite couples in WWE history, actually. Oh, that was nice. Oh, and at the beginning of this match, uh, Jerry the King Lawler said he wants to go one-on-one with Lita. <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah, this is the. I think this is the last week King would be on commentary until November. Thank goodness. And we see a car pull in. And Steph gets really eager, looking for a piece of Trish Stratus, who pokes her head out of the roof like an idiot. Are you looking for me? And then Steph bolts after her, and uh, William Regal manages to get Trish to safety. And uh, Steph, uh, just wait till we have a match uh, later. Yeah, it was supposed to be Triple H and Steph versus William Regal and Trish Stratus, but of course we wouldn't get it. Kurt Angle has an interview, a uh, pre-taped interview here, says that he is he is jealous of The Rock. He couldn't be an Olympian. And he's like, ask, and he's just talking about, you know, The Rock couldn't be an, an Olympian. How is he the people's champ? All this kind of stuff. He does the right thing. He wins the Olympics, and yet people boo him. He asks Kevin Kelly, uh, did your son ask you what a hermaphrodite is? Okay, that quote aged really well. Like, did your wife think it was sexy when The Rock had you interview him with your finger up your nose? He asks Kevin, who will you be rooting for this Sunday? Because we saw The Rock likes to have a little fun with uh, with Kevin Kelly here. Who doesn't? Kevin Kelly, <laughs> I mean, he takes all this stuff with stride. And sometimes you can see that he's uh, he can't really keep a straight face. I'd be losing my shit. I'd be laughing my ass off and uh, would be let go. The coach would be his victim in the coming months and years you know even when we get to wrestlemania next year lord willing wrestlemania x8 he asks the coach to say his prayers hey what up jay what the blue hell is wrong with you and god he's like you don't talk to god like that like i had a friend who would talk to who would pray you know talk to god uh, like i was talking to you right now he would say good morning lord and continue on with his prayers and i thought that was really really cool and he says uh to to the rock my days of being top aren't numbered yours are it's true it's damn true and you know in retrospect he's kind of right because the rock would go away for a few months after wrestlemania to film i think it was the scorpion king or his little cameo appearance in the mummy 2 one of those and it had to be the scorpion king because it came out 
in 02. I know this because I saw that on my 18th birthday. How do I remember my 18th birthday 18 years later? Don't ask me. <laughs> I was sober, by the way. And yeah, benefit of hindsight, he's kind of right because The Rock would come back. He would win the WCW title and then, you know, disappear again, wrestle Steve Austin at 19, go away again, come back with the Rocket Sock connection, and not do really anything of note until he won the title from Punk in 2013, something that I would... I would rather forget. Speaking of prayers, I'm going to need to pray for forgiveness here because it's time for the cat and APA segment. And the cat goes to the APA's office and says, I want to be naked. Uh, they talk about this place called the Deja Vu Bar. I think it's a strip joint, the Peelers, if you will. It's like, hey, let's go there right now, says Bradshaw. Jericho and Cole. And says, oh, Mitchell Cole, after 647 run-ins, in the interest of fairness, he makes a joke about uh, Steph's, the night that Steph was conceived. Uh, you know, if the, if McMahon wasn't more careful, uh, the night that Steph was conceived, the world would be a much less slutty place. And say, like, you know, the title of, says something about the title of Scuzziest Greaseball for X-Pac. And references, he hate me, Ron Smart. It's like, Chris Benoit, he hate me. Eddie Guerrero, he hate me. <laughs> X-Pac, he hate me. Uh, referencing, of course, that Jericho is going to be the referee for a match between X-Pac and Eddie Guerrero, which is right now. And Jericho comes out in a ref shirt, but it's not a ref shirt. It's a Las Vegas Outlaws XFL jersey with Ron, he hate me, Smart. I want that jersey, especially for the XFL's re-re-relaunch in 2022, I hope. And we see X-Pac is still coming out to the friggin' Degeneration X theme, despite the fact DX has been dead and buried for years. One would argue since SummerSlam 2000 when X-Pac and Road Dog had their blow-off match, nah, I think it was even before they had that Run DMC theme. DX died the day Triple H left and betrayed his mates. That would be WrestleMania 15. So we have Xbox and Eddie, Jericho the Ref, and Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Starburst. Chef Boyardee and the WWF The Music Volume 5, featuring The Rock's hit single, Pie. Holy Lord, pie. I'm going to have to talk about that one someday. Eddie comes out with a Japanese Radicals shirt for some reason. Yeah, the second incarnation of the Radicals in 2001 had Japanese font as a t-shirt for some reason. Maybe this is referencing their history in All Japan and the Super J Cup or... Or something like that, because Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko, they, uh, I think Saturn maybe had a spell in Japan too, but these guys had a history dating all the way back there, even before WCW. And one thing I found fascinating is uh, Xbox Degeneration X theme always had an uncensored, I'm not the one you want to fuck with 
on air every week. Pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, Heat. The fuck was always uncensored. You figured they'd catch it because they, because TSN, you know, uh, where I was watching Raw in Canada at the time, would censor even women getting put through tables. You know, the right to censor was working for the Canadian government. And this is a Monday Night Nitro rematch from like 1996. This is the cruiserweight division in the early days of Nitro here. Oh, I think these two guys even faced off for the cruiserweight title, if I'm not mistaken. Right away, boom, X-Pac sucks chance. X-Pac gets a heel count. Jericho is dicking about here playing mind games with the guys, hitting a, a fast count on X-Pac and a slow count on Eddie. X-Pac misses the Bronco Buster, but this time does not tear his arsehole open because that actually happened to him once, and that is not only horrifying, but also disgusting. Uh, I cannot imagine. I could imagine, you know, rupturing a testicle on there or bruising one of your lads, but woof, that's that's rough. Yeah, Jericho getting the doing the whole rope, shoulder up, getting a slow count on Eddie, just dicking about. He then grabs Eddie by the hair because Eddie wouldn't let go of a a five count move. X Pac gets mad here, uh, and he gets in Jericho's face. Just incredible comes out to jumps Chris to jump Chris Jericho. Eddie and X uh, no Eddie and Jericho chase out X Factor, and then for a good measure Eddie gets a face buster and a lion salt. The whole schmoz breaks out. This match is a no contest, and on his way back up to the ramp, Chris Benoit jumps Jericho and DDTs him on the ramp. We have a four way for the Intercontinental Title. At no way out and this match is a freaking banger it is so so good apa and the cat go to the peelers they go to the strippers and then they get cat to come up and dance for the strippers with the strippers for apa and backstage we see edge and christian telling a tell some guy to Tell the Brothers of Destruction that somebody is messing, messing with his bike. What happened here is that Edge took a part, a couple of parts, like a muffler or like an exhaust piece off the motorcycle. I don't have a motorcycle. I don't have a car. So I'm the last person to be talking about mechanic stuff. Anyways, he's like, hey, tell Taker that someone's messing with your bike. And Edge and Christian is calling out the Dudley boys to the parking lot. But... What happens here is that this game of broken telephone is the Dudley boys get jumped by the Brothers of Destruction because they think that the Dudley boys messed up with their bike. Oh, you better not be playing. Oh, but he is. And Edge and Christian are just like, <laughs> we see a backstage brawl. Taker is left lying by the Dudley boys. Wow. Way to make them look strong. And Kane... <clears throat> Eats a concerto. It's like, I don't want to get the concerto. Nope, this is not the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. That's gotta be Kane. That's a joke for exactly one person. And that person is me. And maybe Jermaine, who, who is in the UK. Maybe you listen to the Cultaholic stuff. Let me know, Jermaine. Shout out <laughs> to 
to my main man, Jermaine, by the way. Awesome, awesome dude. Uh, Steph goes away to clear her head. I may be a single man, but when I hear clear her head, oh man, Triple H is effed. Uh, <laughs> I'm single, but I'm observant. Because if my time comes, which lol, it totally is never happening, I, <laughs> I will know what to do. Trip, uh, she's going to cut a promo about Trish Stratus. They have a match at No Way Out. But right away, slut, 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 because it's 2001 and we're slut shaming. And it's like, plans change. Daddy's at home. Now I'm in charge. And we're expecting the tag match. But no. We see a cut to SmackDown where Vince and Trish are at the McMahon family mansion at home with sweet zombie Linda. Uh, Vince gives Linda flowers and chocolates for Valentine's Day, but she is very sedated. She is doped the F up. Wheelchair ridden, just blank expression on her face. And it's like, oh, I'm going to give these to Trish. You ungrateful. You ungrateful. And it's like, happy Valentine's Day, Linda. Mm. Okay, I totally can't keep doing that because I am going to kill my voice with with my Vince impersonation. No, that was more Cookie Monster. Kids, if you're going to podcast and do stupid impersonations, at least hydrate yourself. That that will do nicely. And like Trish is like, aw, Linda reminds me of my Nana because she's all doped up in wheelchair that is depressing that is depressing as as heck is it oh gonna give these to trish instead and they leave the room to go plow like and steph who was in on doping her freaking mother we put mom in her place quiet and subdued like a good mother so there's only one female in power and that is me Yikes, the McMahon family is effed all the way up. Man, where's Dr. Shelby when you need him? Holy shnikes. Forget the mixed tag. Forget No Way Out. I want Trish now. And he says, like, you know, what I did to Stone Cold Steve Austin last week, class shatters. Thanks for reminding me that I can't touch Triple H. Boom. Stunner. Lol. And Stone Cold grabs a beer on the way out. Triple H is incensed. He beelines to the ring, but, you know, you can't touch Stone Cold because he'll be gone for six months, despite the fact you're going to tear your quad in two months and go away for ten. Oh, man. Hindsight is fun when you watch this. Uh, and then backstage, Steph is laying down on the couch, and there was a doctor there doing nothing. Nothing. I mean, the poor girl could have a concussion. Triple H is throwing shit everywhere. He is P to the ode. And he's like, go, like, yanks the doctor. I'll take care of her. I'll uh, take care of her. Uh. Next match here is the Hardy Boys versus Rikishi and Haku. The team I have dubbed Hakushi. I will show myself out the door for that one. Uh, nope, Lita's not out for this one. There is no tonsil hockey here. We see the gratuitous butt shot 
with Rikishi here, and I swear to Lord, if I had TikTok, which I don't have and probably won't have because I'm almost 37 years old, I think I'm too old for TikTok. Anyways, if I were to do the Busset Challenge, I would pan out to a Rikishi butt shot just to be a giant ass <laughs> troll. Not trolling to the point of Michael Michael Bivens, what he did to Dakota Kai's. That was funny. But right away here, twist of fate, Swanton on Rikishi. But while Jeff is making the count, uh, Haku hits a falling headbutt. Kind of out of the referee's <clears throat> range of sight. And Hakushi wins. Where's Shimja? Anyone gets that reference? can of coke to you maybe i'll buy you a sticker or something and haku is who is number one on the don't fuck with list in professional wrestling has a double tongan death grip on both hardies and they are out we are back at the peelers once again celebrating like it's your 18th birthday in montreal quebec my, oh my goodness here. And we have the cat is getting naked at, at the stripping pole here. And then, of course, right to censor show up at the strip joint. They put JBL through a table from the platform, the pole. And the right to nudity is denied. Al Snow walks out to the ring, campaigning to be the commissioner. Oh man, I wonder how this is going to turn out. He is handing out like little Al Snow for commish pins. He's wearing kind of the same t-shirt that Mick Foley did. It was like, commish, then unner down the front here because the entire word won't fit across the breast of the t-shirt. Some great stuff here. I would have loved if Al Snow was commissioner in some kind of alternate universe here. Coming up next for the Hardcore Championship, Raven versus my boy, my favorite, Crash Holly. Oh, get in. Marking out for, for Crash here. And he comes out and immediately cranks Raven with a stop sign. A fire extinguisher. Molly Holly is not accompanied by this because he is not comfortable with her being around Raven because Raven has uh, been a bit of a creeper. Kind of making unwanted advances to Molly Holly. Yeah, attitude error writing. My, my goodness, man. <laughs> not so good in 2021 eyes, especially with the speaking out. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we see NHL boards... Here, like, we see like the boards here that were usually seen at Blues games. And they end up in this, it looks like a trough, like in, in a janitor's closet, but it's massive and it's got a bunch of sitting water in it. And they say that it's sewage. And me being a, for, a former janitor, I can say that that is kind of like the, the mop sink. You know, the sink that re you would go to empty and fill your mop buckets. But that thing was like the size of a freaking bathtub. So maybe it has something to do with with the Zamboni. 
By the way, those things are a lot harder to drive than it looks. <laughs> I worked in an arena for a brief period, period of time. We see a trolley. You know, kind of like the same trolleys that I would use to put up uh, grocery stock at, at my job. He puts Raven into it and just yeets him into a metal poles, into a door. Crash gets thrown into a bunch of trash. And then, well, the big show comes out here. Where's my skeddy? Where's my title shot? Ruthless Pod, big shout out to you guys too. There's a big schmoz here, and uh, Big Show gets a 2x4 right into his knee. Molly and Crash and Tori are all in the car. Hijinks ensue, and they end up in a look like a white Ford Bronco. And then, of course, King had to make the obligatory uh, Ford Bronco joke and O.J. Simpson and all that. Stefan Triple H are backstage incensed. It's like, you got six days, Hunter. It's six days or six months. The right to censor have kidnapped the cat. You see her makeup running. She's been crying. And Stephen Richards is like, I don't get you people. You cheer for nudity. You pride yourselves in this. It's like, you know, you should pride yourselves in dignity, being preachy, fighting the good fight. Etc. And in the words of Matthew Gregg from the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review, the PTC did nothing wrong. And Jerry the Jerry Lawler comes out to help his shoot wife. I'll fight to see her naked. Uh, just watch Armageddon 1999 if you want to see her naked. She does get her jugs out, but you got to watch the VHS version of it because the network, of course, censored the boobs and if you lose the cat joins right to censor and then jerry hits his classic punch and punch look pose good old memphis wrestling uh back in wwf new york and i'm not booked tonight taz comes out in his limo in his hometown and is signing wwf the music volume 5 cds triple h comes out to join the commentary desk as Weeder Sports Results presents No Way Out this Sunday in Las Vegas, Nevada. Main event time, Benoit and Angle versus Austin and The Rock. Triple H is pissed and the King is trying to hold him back as Steve Austin makes his way to the ring. Austin grabs a beer and gives it to Triple H. Well, ain't that nice? If I wanted to punch a guy in the face and then he offered me a beer, I'd let bygones be bygones. I'd have that beer. King is stirring the pot here with Steph. LOL. What a prick. And uh, saying that Steve, uh, Austin is going to earn my respect this Sunday. Austin is just taunting uh, Triple H. Like, you know, ramming Kurt Angle into the announce table. Kind of flipping him the bird. Getting right in his face. And uh, Triple H is referencing Mick Foley. Like, you know, look what I did to him in a street fight last year, which is one of the falls in their three stages of hell match. I believe it's a regular match, a street fight, then a steel cage or vice versa. It's something like that. But there is a Chris Benoit headbutt miss. Yeesh. That ages really well. So you Fez press in 
Luthez's hometown, by the way. Luthez, the greatest wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. And I am dying on that hill because look up some ancient Luthez stuff like Fez, Hackenschmidt, Gotch. They're the pioneers, the grandfathers of pro wrestling, and they are all the absolute best. Although Kurt Angle comes in very soon. See a stunner. Triple H takes the ref out. Benoit hits a title shot, but nope, eats the rock bottom, and the uh, the faces, Austin and Rock, win. Uh, throughout the night, Rock was saying, you know, TikTok to Kurt Angle, a young Karrion Cross is taking notes. Now, for the Game Changer of the Week, which features a very special announcement. If you've been following us on our social medias, you will have definitely heard this by now. On Friday, March 19th, Double Vision, a pay-per-view brought to you by Limitless Wrestling, will have matches sponsored by us on Russell Addict Radio. Specifically, one match will be sponsored by the Fretzelmania podcast, one match will be sponsored by the Young Lions Perspective, and another by the Kings of the Rings podcast. And this is a huge get. This is a huge opportunity for our network. And this show will be available on Independent Wrestling TV, IWTV, a streaming platform for $10 a month or $100 a year, featuring a whole bevy of the top major indie wrestling promotions all under one roof. If you follow us on Patreon, you will know the specifics. You want to know if you want to know more of the specifics, as I said, five bucks a month. Go for it. And they are my game changers of the week. Had it not been for them, I just finished watching a Nintendo Direct. And not only are we getting Skyward Sword HD, but and Super Mario items in Animal Crossing, K Slider, K Murphy, that one's for you, but Splatoon 3. <laughs> yep, that is my brief, <laughs> my brief foray into video games. But hey, if you want to hear me talk about video games, that is on the Patreon on the 20 bell salute. So that is it for this one. A loaded show with that awesome announcement limitless wrestling big big shout out to you and your roster i i'm pumped this is this is cool i didn't know what to expect at first when when it was when it was pitched but man i'm yeah i'm out of loss uh loss for words uh last week i was on the game changer podcast with good brother Nate, the effing great former Russell Addict radio personality. Go ahead, give that a listen. That is available on YouTube, on Spreaker, and on Anchor.fm. This coming Friday, or by the time you will hear this, it will be on Saturday. So this would have been partially been over. But while you have the time, this Friday night, which is the 19th of February, G-Rod... And Ant, you know, two of the OGs, the grandfathers 
of Wrestle Addict Radio. We'll be doing a 24-hour live stream on Twitch, raising money to bury the stigma for mental health. So help out if you can. If you're hearing this and you have a couple hours to spare for their stream uh, if not follow them both on twitch g-rod and game of ants are both on twitch usually together doing uh pirate shit on sea of thieves it's always a good time ant has been doing some fantastic wwe 2k sims as a announcer kirk ranter for gow some of the best damn wrestling you will see on twitch so that has been it again for this one for real this time uh follow me on twitter and instagram at fretzelmania f-r-e-t-z-l-e mania follow wrestle addict radio at addict underscore wrestle listen to all of our shows kings of the rings the ylp podcast and although he is uh on a break right now i want to send my love to Mance of the Delight Show. We'll see you when you see a good brother. Hope you're doing all right. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Go, Leafs, go.